Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 309 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, the Ottawa Senators remain the North Division's hottest team dismantling the fraudulent Habs 5-1. The final score, Anton Forsberg was excellent in net on the day he signed a one-year contract extension. We'll get into that. We'll break down the entire game. Shane Pinto, first NHL goal. This one, after the first period, was not even close. Going to be a fun one. Plus, we've got our Send Central citizens. It's at Pesky Sends. Noah's going to join us how he became a Sens fan, off-season checklist, and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, May 6th, and Pilsy, a win's a win for sure, but there's always a little something extra special about a beatdown of the Montreal Canadiens. It feels so good the next day looking at that game recap, watching the highlights. All five goals were absolute beauties by this young core of NHL players for the Sens. And Ross, I feel like a proud dad watching these kids. Like all of these guys have such little NHL experience. There was a D pair that had one game of NHL experience between Ole Alsing and Jacob Bernard Docker. Like we're older than anyone on that NHL roster. And that is just wild to have the collection of these young, inexperienced guys not only beat the Habs, but an absolute beat down of the Habs, a 5-1 win without your number one defenseman to boot. That is one hell of a game, and I don't think it gets much better for this young core heading into next season to string along a couple wins like that. You look at the youth on this team, and you mentioned that we're older than all the guys, and both of us are in our late 20s, so nobody over 30 because Evgeny Dadnov was a late scratch right before this one. And Vitaly Abramov replaced him. And DJ Smith had said he wanted to get Abramov into a game. And good on him. I thought he looked okay. Didn't get too much of an opportunity. But with the amount of young players that were getting that, it's all good, right? So Vitaly gets a taste. But he was one of 11 skaters in this game. So you dress 20. More than half of them had less than 100 games of NHL experience. That in itself is incredible. And you mentioned the, the defense, how young and inexperienced it was. Shout out, by the way, to Nikita Zaitsev, who we, who we keep saying is underappreciated, but I think on this show, uh, you know where we stand on what he brings to the table. He got to wear Shabbat's A, which I thought was pretty fitting because some people saying, oh, I thought it would go maybe to Connor Brown up front, but you like having a defenseman wearing a letter. I think that that would be the coach's reasoning behind that. But Zaitsev is one of only four players in last night's game for Ottawa who had more than 200 NHL games experience. He had 332, Dezingle, Connor Brown, Chris Tierney, the others, whereas all of these players have played less than 100 games. Alsing, JBD, Abramov, Pinto, Formanton, 
Hogberg, Zub, Stutzla, Forsberg, Norris, Brandstrom, Batherson. And those were the guys that led the way. That's what's so incredible about this is that the youth isn't just getting accustomed to the NHL. They're making it known that they are here to win hockey games. And it's becoming clear. I mean, they've been red hot since, what was that date? February 12th. I think they're third best team in the North Division since the trade deadline. They've been absolutely outstanding. And I want to talk about that decor because heading into this game, I wasn't so confident that this would be a good game for the decor. You got so much inexperience. You got a lot of smaller guys. And But the way the Sens are using their decor now has really changed. Like I thought a lot of the puck movement in the Ozone went through the defenseman. Like it was cycled around the net. And almost every time they were in the offensive zone, at least one defenseman touched the puck. And go back and look at the goals. At least three of the five of them start from a play from the defenseman. And these are supposed to be guys who don't have a lot of experience. But when you get guys like Mete, Brandstrom, playing upwards of 20 minutes, small puck-moving defensemen, you're able to utilize them much more on the rush, on the breakout. And if you can pass it back to them when you're in the ozone, that's going to create space for your forwards. Because now the Montreal Canadiens have to respect that a guy like Artem Zub can make an amazing play to set up Connor Brown. Eric Brandstrom's shot can get tipped and go in at the dying seconds of the second period. You have to respect that these defensemen can create offense. So it opens things up for the forwards. I've loved the way that DJ Smith has used this uh, decor, especially because if DJ Smith had his way, this is not the decor he he would ice every night, right? Like this is not a DJ Smith style of uh, defenseman. So good on him adapting and playing to their strengths. And if these defensemen continue to show how effective they can be in today's NHL, I think that's even more important for DJ Smith over the offseason and understanding that he can win with Victor Mete, Eric Branstrom, and Thomas Shabbat as your three guys on the left side. Let's talk about Victor Mete briefly. We're going to get into a chronological recap of the game, but when a waiver wire pickup goes against his former team and leads the Ottawa Senators in ice time, you have to give a special Send Central shout-out to him. Six block shots, plus one. This guy controls the pace of the game every shift. And Ross, he led the Ottawa Senators defenseman in ice time. He also had more time on ice than any of the Montreal Canadiens. So he would have been a great stabilizer on that back end for them in that game, eh? Yeah, I wasn't looking at the time on ice when I scrolled up to Montreal. I just noticed that every single Habs defenseman was a minus player in last night's game. That is a tough tough look especially a couple of those guys were were pickups at the deadline I mean John Merrill especially he did not look good in that game that's for sure and this uh, like we have to admit Montreal is playing very very injured like you look at their list Carey Price Thomas Tatar Jonathan Drouin Brendan Gallagher uh, Shea Weber so like there's a lot of key pieces missing there but then you got to look at the the roster that the Sens put and if you weren't a Sens fan on paper looking at this roster you're probably like oh my god this team's going to get absolutely destroyed but there's a lot of hard-working guys who are fighting for NHL spots next season like Shane Pinto he's he's really making a name for himself and anytime you get your first NHL goal to open the scoring you gotta love that that's the perfect lead into our game summary. Shane Pinto opens it, a backdoor tap in. Thank you very much. This play all starts with a one puck battle by Tim Stutzla on the half wall. He gets it back to Branch from quick puck movement 
over to Artem Zub, who just puts a puck on net. Artem Zub, by the way, a plus four in a 5-1 victory last night. Him and Branstrom, what a D pair those guys are together. But he gets it in, and Shane on the spot. You know, when you're good, you're good. And I just thought that was a reward for how well he's played at both ends of the ice through nine NHL games. Yep, he gets rewarded there and expect to see a lot of Shane Pinto goals that look a lot like that. Either a quick rebound that he bangs in or a tip, deflection, all that kind of stuff. That's Shane Pinto's uh, repertoire. Sure, everyone knows him for the face-offs, but he also has great hand-eye coordination and stick on the ice, kid. That's how you get goals. Go to those garbage areas, keep your stick on the ice and be ready. And boy, was he ready. Career high, 15 minutes and 46 seconds for Pinto last night. Had four shots on goal and, like you mentioned, buried one as well. Uh, we got to give stick taps on, on the Edmondson goal, though. It's a nice set play off a faceoff. Him and Toffoli rotated. And you're not expecting uh, a guy like Edmondson to go upstairs short side. And Forsberg almost had it with his blocker. It almost looked like his stick got caught up in the net a little bit. And that, that was unfortunate because otherwise Forsberg had a hell of a hockey game. Uh, his glove hand was on fire. A few, uh, few kind of momentum-changing saves where if you're a defenseman, especially you look up and down on, on the defensive side, Jack Capuano is probably looking over him like, man, I was a head coach in the NHL 15 years ago and none of these guys were, were even playing minor hockey yet. They were probably still all in diapers. But, hey – when, when your goalie's making saves like that to give you that sort of confidence, I just love what I saw from Forsberg. And at the end of the show, we'll touch on the contract and what that could mean going forward. But, um, yeah, Edmondson's the only guy to beat him. Otherwise, it was a pretty perfect period. And that Edmondson goal is with 30 seconds left, right? So, yeah, maybe that's a momentum shifter, but nah, -uh, not in this case. Because take us through the most recent Frank the Tank Sally and how we got there on – uh, Josh Norris on his birthday getting a beauty assist on this one. And I, I like that uh, the Habs did end up scoring there, Ross, because it creates a bit of I adversity. Did. I had the Sens first period money line, so... Yeah, so it keeps you on your toes, too. But what I mean is, obviously, <laughs> I'm not cheering for Habs goals here, guys, although I do still think Perry's goal should have counted, Yikes. but we're not going to get into that. Um because it creates adversity. It's 1-1 now. Like, you guys had a nice one nothing lead, and then you let a momentum goal go in. How are you going to bounce back? How is that second period going to look for you? And, man, they bounce back, out shooting them 17-7 to in that period. And that goal by Brady Kachuk, similar thing to Shane Pinto. Go to the net with your stick on the ice, and if you get that puck, don't take a second to think what to do with it just put it in the net put it on net it should be if you're in the slot like that puck on tape puck on net no there should be no kind of thinking at all it's that simple and that's what Brady Kachuk does him and Pinto they're gonna score a lot of goals like that and you love to see the Frank the Tank Selly it's it's becoming a classic and uh, I think that really embodies uh, kind of everything Brady's all about so Branstrom gets his second of three assists on that goal but when I see the highlight of that, I'm just thinking Spets and Heatley. Just the the knowingness of where they're going to be on the ice at all times. Like Brady finds Norris. He knows he's going to go down low into the corner. And then Norris has the wherewithal to say, where's Brady going to go? I guess it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Get it on net. And Brady almost missed this one because he didn't have a stick on the ice. Eh? And then he realized last second, he goes, I'm going to get this back. And bang, bang, play. And there's nothing better than that bang, bang goal, right? Because you're expecting it. You're like, what's going to happen? Next thing you know, the red light's on behind the net. 
Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. And, and what I like best about that, Ross, is on the surface, that was a nothing play. Like, that's just a dump and chase, you know, try to create some ozone pressure. But they work hard. They win every puck battle that happens on that shift, and they get rewarded. And that's the kind of thing that that top line has been doing a lot of. They've been doing the little things right over and over and over, and it's working. They're buying into the systems that DJ Smith is putting into place, and they're executing. That, like, that top line to be so young and to be able to execute up against other teams' top lines the way they're able to do it is absolutely incredible. And then at that point, the score is 2-1. Forsberg makes more great saves, really taking out any sort of confidence that this fraudulent Habs team may have had at that point. And just like Edmondson scored in the final 30 seconds of the first period, the Senators took it a step further and scored with eight seconds left. It was just a flick-it-on-net wrist shot from Eric Brandstrom and Nick Paul with the unreal hand-eye coordination. The only Senator forward to have a multi-point game in this one, Nick Paul. So he gets his fifth goal of the year. And despite being in a long offensive slump before, I think he had a couple points recently, but before that, he had gone back a long way without getting on the score sheet. But if you're watching the games, you're not concerned with Nick Paul. eh? This guy just brings it every single night. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, like DJ Smith would tell you the same. Like he is, we, we talked, what's the analogy we used last night? Nick Paul is, isn't in the doghouse. He's inside sleeping on the bed. That's how th- much he plays so perfectly to DJ Smith's system. I think we could just call him the equivalent of Guy Boucher's Tom Pyatt, Brian Murray's Chris <laughs> Kelly, that sort of comparison. Like these reliable two-way guys who, you know, just endear themselves to any coach that's going to have you know what you're going to get every shift that Nick falls out on the ice and he he's like your your example boy right like if everyone if the young kids are frustrated they're not getting on the board look at what Nick Paul does Nick Paul worked hard he grinded through the process and he's getting rewarded so he's the perfect poster boy for Sens prospects that are struggling and again that play was a nothing play Dying seconds of the period, just trying to make sure the puck doesn't end up in your own zone. Dump it in. Nick Paul hustles on the forecheck. And again, puck goes through the defense. That's how they've been riding this offense, through the defense. And I've said it a bunch of times about Eric Branstrom. Yes, he's a small defenseman. But I like those small defensemen because they're very good at feathering the puck towards the net with the purpose of a tip. I don't think Eric Branstrom's trying to score on that play. He's trying to get it to the net, create chaos. And Nick Paul reads it gets in the right position, and gets a tip on it. No chance for Jake Allen. And shout out to at KingKaros2 on Twitter. He replied to us at Send Central saying, fun fact, even if Branstrom doesn't get another point this year, he's now guaranteed to beat Thomas Shabbat's point pace from his 21-year-old rookie season. So I think that shows you maybe people are underestimating the growth in Eric Branstrom's game because I'm expecting him to come into camp maybe 5, 10 pounds heavier and just dominate at that point there's no reason why that can't happen also and this is the thing I'm so glad this is happening because this is what I envisioned all along this season like so many people no patience they're just like that's the guy we traded for Mark Stone he should be a Norris candidate right away why isn't he in the NHL just wait a bit like this is a young smaller right well I was gonna say right hand uh, defenseman that's where he played in Belva left shot defenseman He's going to get some offense. He just needed the time. And I really thought after the trade deadline, that's when we're going to see the emergence of Eric Branstrom. And that's what happened. Like, he was basically 
the, a number one offensive defenseman for the Sens last night without Shabbat. So I think your statement rings true. This was his best game because this was the most pressure he had all season. Otherwise, most of the time, actually, I think all the time, Shabbat was there because when Shabbat was injured early in the season, Branstrom was still in Belleville yeah. or he was on the taxi squad, I think. So there, this was an opportunity for him to show DJ Smith I know I've been coming along slowly here, but I'm ready. And I think he did a great job. I loved what he did offensively. And it, we're going to see more of this from Eric Branstrom. And if he can put on a little bit of weight, he's going to look really good next season. Yeah, so Ottawa up 3-1 after two periods. And Pilsy, I need you to break down this Connor Brown goal because I'm still in shock that he's at 19 goals on the season. It's just truly an incredible season at both ends of the ice for Connor Brown. Absolutely. And I think they talked about it uh, on the broadcast a couple of games ago. They said Connor Brown did a lot of work on his self-confidence, you know, like I, I think a lot of people underestimate how much the mental part of this game affects players. Like there's a whole industry now of sports psychiatrists, like psychiatrists that specifically work with athletes to help them on their game, not physically, but mentally. And once you start really believing in yourself again, things start clicking. Like I, Connor Brown, DJ Smith talked about it. He was the leading scorer for his team pretty much his entire life up until getting to the NHL and then gets bumped down on that Leafs roster. I mean, he still scored 20 goals as a rookie in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. So he still was performing, but he wasn't the guy anymore, which is what he was used to. So he had to change his mindset. And I think he got down on himself a little with that. But when you're scoring goals like that, and he just kept doing the right things over, and we joked about it, he couldn't score on breakaways, but that he didn't give up. And he scored on a shorthanded, uh, well, not a breakaway, it was a two-on-one, but full break, and he scored. Like, his things are clicking for him. So I love to see that. Let's get into this goal, his 19th of the season. Again, the puck movement in the ozone is great. They feather it through to the defense. Artem Zub, like the hands on this guy, the, the way he's able to play defensively, make hits, block shots, but also he can really have offensive moments where it's like, wow, that was Artem Zub. Holy. He scans the ice at the corner of the blue line and he sees Brown's ready. Brown's already got a stick ready for that one timer and it's on the tape. Like, you can't get a nicer pass than that. And that's from distance. Like, that's about as far as you can go in the offensive zone with the pass. And this is my favorite thing. I say it every time. But my favorite part of a goal, Selly, is when the first thing the guy does is point at the guy and say, what a pass. You don't need to be an expert lip reader to notice that that's what Connor Brown said. And it was an amazing pass. Because a lot of the time, a defenseman's just thinking, I got the puck in the corner. Let's just get it on net and hope for the best. But Zoop takes that second and hits him on the tape. Amazing goal. In a sample size greater than a month. So since March 25th, here's a full list of NHLers with more than Connor Brown's 13 goals. Sam Reinhart, TJ Oshie, Mika Zibanejad, Brad Marchand, Kirill Kaprizov, and Austin Matthews. Like You put yourself into pretty elite company when you're able to score at the pace Connor Brown's been getting. 13 goals in his last 18 games. Got 16 points, plus 8 as well. And he brings so many other elements to his game defensively, a part of the second best penalty killing unit since the trade deadline. Now, Ottawa's PK didn't have to do much yesterday because they only took one penalty in the game. They went 0 for 2 on the power play, but only had that one penalty to kill off on the other side of it. So you wonder when in a game where there's no PK, what's Alex Formanton going to do? Well, speed is still available to him at five on five. 
Well, and it's ironic you said that because there actually was another penalty in the game, Ross. It was Alex Formanton, a roughing, it was a coincidental call, but Alex Formanton, I love the sandpaper this guy has. Like Joel oh, yeah. Edmondson, that's a tough customer. Like in the NHL, like he's he's a bigger defenseman. He's known for, for being a hard-nosed guy. He also can put the puck in the net too. But for Formanton to not back down, I love that because the second these young guys start backing down, teams will pounce on him. You cannot open that door to be like, oh, yeah, we're just young, skilled guys. We're not trying to get into any trouble here. No. If some guy comes at you, challenge him. Josh Norris did it. It worked out for him. Formington did it last night. And not only does he have that mean chippiness to him, he's got the speed. I must have watched this highlight, Ross, and I'm sure you're the same. You tweeted out the clip 10, 15 times. Like, that is the most smooth hockey play I've ever seen. And the Selly, like, he's just like, yeah, I scored. Yeah, that's that's what I do. And this play all starts with, guess who? Nick Paul. He's leaving the zone. Great pass. I mean, hockey players are expected to make this pass, but he hits Formington in stride in the neutral zone. And then Formington turns on the Jets. He cruises past Edmondson, drags it across the crease, and pops it top shelf on Allen's glove side. I watched this so many times. Formington takes five strides when he gets the puck. Watch it yourself. And if the, I think someone tweeted the clip of the speedometer with him. He's going 38 kilometers an hour after only five pushes. And the edge work that he has to be able to carve across the net that hard while going that fast is absolutely amazing. So Alex Formanton, this guy will never play another game in the AHL. I'm so excited about him. I think he's he's my new Rudolph Balsers guy. Like that is my guy. I love his chippiness. I love the speed. I love his play on the penalty kill. What a full package of a player in Alex Formington. Thank you, Calgary, for that Curtis Lazard trade. That is absolutely incredible. If you had looked at that without seeing the number on the back of his jersey, that was McDavid personified. Get the puck below your own blue line, scoot up the wing, turn a defender around, cut to the middle, and as a left shot, just like McDavid, you cut across the crease onto your strong side, but then flick the puck up in the air where the goalie just was. So he's watching it slide and looking over his shoulder like, oh, man. And there was almost a little pause in Jake Allen after where he's like, did that go in? Like, where, where did it go? He's so turned around because Flash Formanton flew through that one. I have a question I want to ask you about Formanton. But as we're talking about such a money forward, let's tell you about Wealthfront. Because Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every damn day. They automatically handle all the investing based on your preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes and pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory rates. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. 
Go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, Pilsy, it's time for another edition of Sense Central Citizen. Super excited to bring at pesky sends on. Without further ado, here he is. All right, we're very pleased to welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Noah. You can follow him on Twitter at Pesky Sends. You're going to have to change that headline to Dominant Sends if they keep up what they did last night, a 5-1 win over Montreal. How'd you enjoy that game, Noah? Oh, that was a beauty game. Love to see Shane Pinto score his first. Yeah, no points for Caulfield, too, so you love to see oh, that. Amazing. Uh, so you're, we're talking to you from Ottawa right now. You're over at Mulligan's Bar and Grill. How'd you initially become an Ottawa Senators fan? Just growing up in Spitzville, uh, watching the Sens play, it was a close game. So uh, whenever I could pick up tickets, I could get over there. Uh, yeah, just uh, over the years, became more and more of a fan, watching them uh, do that 2007 Cup run. After that, it was pretty much just uh, locked on there. <laughs> nice. So you're born and raised Sens fan then, since day yeah, one? since day one. That's awesome. So you mentioned the 07 cup run in there. What was kind of the era where you really started becoming a fan? Like it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm from Ottawa. This is the hockey team here. They're kind of cool. Like where it's like, okay, I'm invested. Like these guys right. are my guys. Who, who were those players for you? Uh, Ray Emery and Wade Redden. Hell yeah. So I loved that team. That team was uh, exciting guys. Like go to the red zone. Yeah, that was, that was fun times. Unreal. Yeah. Ray Emery's my, my number one goalie in Sens history. No doubt that Brian's <laughs> DX twos were so sharp with the gold oh, yeah. trim and always had a sick bucket with the gold cage and played yep. with that edge too, that you don't always see from, from your goalie. So it's a, yeah, that's a great uh, drawback name. Meanwhile, you mentioned Shane Pinto. I feel like Shane Pinto is this generation's Wade Redden in terms of every lady you're going to talk to over the next <laughs> in Ottawa. This kid, he's a handsome kid, but you love to see him get on the score scoreboard too. How do you like that look of him playing with Tim Stutzla as maybe a duo that could go into next year together with Connor Brown uh, on that I, right side? I love it. I think it's so exciting. And Connor Brown stepped up his game so much. So it's, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, no question about that. Like you look at Connor Brown, like among the league leaders recently in goals. So that's one thing, but and I want to stick back a little bit. You mentioned that 07 Cup run. How would you power rank like the, the top playoff performances? Like that has to be up there, probably number one. Between like 2013 beating the Habs, between 2017 yep. getting those two round victories. What uh, what stands out most to you? Which which playoff series? Playoff series that stand the, so my favorite game ever has to be the uh, the full line brawl against Montreal. That has to be number one for me. That yeah, was, we uh, just had uh, that day in history, and yeah. uh, you love to see that. Pajot had a nice game there, too. Now, have you had the chance to uh, head to any playoff games yourself at the CTC, being a local boy? I don't think I've actually been inside, but I've been to the red zone quite frequently, yeah. yeah I, I really enjoy going to that. Just tailgating outside, it's, uh, it's a good atmosphere. When do you think the next time we'll see playoff hockey in Ottawa? You think this team has a chance Ooh. for next year? I hope so. I mean, the way they're playing right now, it looks good. We don't have to play Edmonton as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a big bonus there. Now, speaking on, the, let's stay on that same topic. So Canadian division this year, it's hopefully going to go back to the Atlantic division next year. What division do you think the Senators have a better chance at making the playoffs? Do you think next year, if it's 
God forbid, an mm. all Canadian uh, format again, that they have a good chance? Or do you think having some lower teams to beat up on in the Atlantic, like Buffalo and the Red Wings, will help their chances if it goes back to the normal divisions? That's a good question. Um, Thanks. I could do it. <laughs> I could do it either. I could go either way on that one. I could see them doing well in the Canadian division. I mean, <laughs> if we can beat Edmonton again. <laughs> but. Uh, Montreal, I think we had uh, we had them good spot there. Vancouver, we were doing well against at the end. I think we could make the playoffs on either divisions, to be honest. I like that confidence. It's good. Now, so DJ Smith, he's only got a couple handful of games left here. There's a lot of roster turnover. Like, this is yeah. not the roster we thought we would see down the stretch. If you're DJ Smith, what's a move that you're making that's going to help your team win? Like, is, is it mm. moving a guy to a different line, more ice time for someone? What's a, a small move that you would make to this team to increase their winning success? With Chabot out, I think uh, bringing in JBD would be nice. I'd like to see him get some, uh, some, some ice time. That'd be awesome. Uh, Victor Mete is playing awesome. I'd love to see him get a little bit more ice time. Just the young guys, really. Let the young guys play. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially Mete led the team in ice time last year. I want to move now to the offseason. There's, there's a really interesting one here. You don't know whether they're going to try to make a splash in free agency. Of course, they have to take care of their own as well with mm-hmm. Brady, Drake, and Zub, all restricted free agents needing new contracts. But I'm really curious about the expansion draft. Now, as a goalie-friendly show, my easy right. question to you, and maybe it's a hard question, but a simple one at that, which goalie are you protecting? in the expansion from Seattle. We've seen Joey Decord now skating for the first time since his ankle injury in, uh, in February. So he's back. Gustafson's been playing fantastic hockey down the stretch. And then you've got your big guy, your number one. Do you want to shatter his confidence by <laughs> exposing Matt Murray? So there's some interesting decisions that have to be made here. If you're Ottawa Senders, who are you leaning towards protecting? I'm protecting Joey Decord. I'm a big Decord guy. I know you guys uh, have had him on a couple of times and uh, I think he's just a great guy and uh, I'd love to see him in a Ottawa center uniform for a couple of years now. Yeah. We're big Joey Decord guys. And it's, it's so unfortunate that that injury happened to him because the crease has really opened up this season. There's been injuries left, yep. right and center. And some of these young guys like Philip Gustafson is a guy that's taken advantage yep. of that. And spe- speaking on that terms of uh, goalies taking opportunities which non-goalie player this season really surprised you the most? Like at the start of the season, you had maybe minor expectations and then they really blew you out of the water by this point. Oh, it has to be Connor Brown for me. Absolutely. At the beginning of the season, the, uh, the breakaways, I was giving him oh. a hard time there. And then uh, just in the last half of the season, he's just gone off and I love to see it. That's yeah, fantastic, especially like, yeah, Connor Brown. There's really not a, a player in the top nine, at least, that has uh, has not lived up to expectations. Now, my final question for you, Noah, I'm curious what you would do with Ryan Dezingle, a UFA. Would yeah. you bring him back or is it time to move on? And maybe some of the younger players have passed him on the depth chart. I, I think uh, I think you keep him. I think he's a good Ottawa guy. I think he brings some stuff to the locker room, some stuff to the community, and uh, he's been playing well. Well, you've been bringing a lot to the community as well at Pesky Sends on Twitter. Noah, really appreciate you being a Send Central citizen, man. Look forward to interacting with you more on Twitter, and we'll uh, do this again down the road. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Stick taps to Noah for joining us. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter at Pesky Sends. And 
as we drive into the third segment. Let's tell you about Rock Auto. Make sure everything's feeling good with the car. If not, rockauto.com is there for you. They serve auto parts to customers online. They've been doing it for 20 years. Rockauto.com has hundreds of manufacturers to choose from, and they have everything. I'm telling you, you don't have an engine control module. They got it. Brake parts, yup. Tail lamps, of course. Motor oil, even get your new carpet there. And whether it's your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck just put locked on in there how did you hear about us box that way they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you and guys the nhl season is winding down so if you want to boost your numbers a little bit on betonline.ag now is the time to do it only a handful of games left Build that account up so you're ready for playoff hockey because there's nothing better, nothing on earth better than playoff hockey. So the best place to do that is betonline.ag. They're the one place that has you club covered, and they're the one place we trust. Exclusive partnership with the Locked On Podcast Network. And since you guys are listeners of the Locked On Senators podcast, we got a promo code for you guys. But before you get that promo code, maybe let's figure out how you're going to spend it. Let's go to Pillsy's Parlay of the Day. I've been a little bit cold lately, but we're going to hop back on the green numbers today. I'm sure we're hitting heavy favorites here. New York Islanders money line at minus 240. I think they're going to beat up on the Devils. That's The Islanders team is gearing up for the playoffs here. Now, this is an interesting one. Boston Bruins up against the New York Rangers. I really thought the Rangers would take it to the Caps on the scoreboard, but as we all know, that game kind of got out of hand from the very first puck drop, and things did not go well for the Rangers there. I think they're going to have a similar hard time up against the Boston Bruins. So I'm taking the Bruins puck line at plus 105, coming off the Rangers a beatdown. And this is a back-to-back game for them. I don't think it's going to go very well. And then Carolina Hurricanes up against the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm taking their money line at minus 277. Put $10 into that parlay, and you're going to win $29.53. So New York Islanders money line, Boston Bruins puck line, Carolina Hurricanes money line. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. Now that you've got the parlay, don't forget the promo code. You got to get some free money too. And we're going to hook you guys up with that. The promo code is locked on and you get 50% welcome bonus. So you put $100 into your betonline.ag account and you're going to get $50 for free just like that. And if you're a gambling expert, if you know your hockey or not just hockey guys, NFL, baseball, basketball, fights, horse races, they got it all at betonline.ag. You're going to want to turn that free money into more money. So it's free play money. So you got to win it to earn it. So start with Pillsy's parlay of the day and go to betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Did you hear me try to jump in there? That's hilarious. Anyways, Pillsy, we've got lots of fun stuff to end off this show on, including why not start with a little fun. Kotkaniemi was a T 
team low in ice time. He was still managed to be on the ice for two goals against, so he was a minus two, as was Cole Caulfield, still without a point at five on five or in regulation time, whereas Shane Pinto now has four points in nine games, if you're counting at home. Not only that, Pilsy, but just the, the vibe around this Senators team is so unreal right now. And eight, two, and one since the trade deadline, they've allowed the second lowest goals against per game. Is that the stat that stands out to you most? Whereas this team is letting in five goals every other game in January and early February. Yeah, I think that's the stat that's the craziest because when you're looking at goals against, the first thing you're like is how did the top goalie do? Well, the Sens' top goalie, Matt Murray, is out. And then you start looking at the decor. Well, how'd the top defenseman Whoa. do? How's, how about how'd the backup goalie do? Oh, he's got a 4.5 goals against and an 830 save percentage? Yeah, so like clearly on paper, you would think this would be an absolute disaster, especially after the Sens traded three defensemen away. You think that would really hurt the decor but this Ottawa Senators group is a little different they're built a little bit different and Victor Mete I think that's might have been the best move all season like even the offseason moves like acquiring Victor Mete for absolutely nothing is looking like a steal of a deal so anytime you get to beat the Habs when you're really undermanned as they were too but the Senators on paper should not have beaten this team and they get a 5-1 win out of it. Not a well, big deal. Well, they're fighting to try and avoid the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. So there is something at stake for this Habs team. So I think that that just helps playing in these high-leverage games down the stretch for Ottawa. And there's going to be a lot of American teams in the Atlantic Division that are surprised when they play against the Sens for the first time next year because they work their bag off. They're great at both ends of the ice. It's, uh, it's truly incredible to watch. And you wonder what could have been if there was a full preseason. And not only that, but if the teams who were not in the bubble were able to get some sort of head start. And I'm not saying because the growth of the players would have been better, but maybe management and the coaching staff would have had more time to evaluate that the players that they thought were going to be reliable veterans weren't that. And if they had had more time and runway prior to the season, remember, the Sens are the only Canadian team that was not in the bubble. I mean, yeah, you could say some of them only played in the play-in round, didn't even make the official playoffs, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. But when you look at what could have been for this Sens team, I, I don't know if we'll spend too much time on that though, right? Because all in all, you get third and fifth overall. And now this was like the growing season. I think the Sens are legit contenders to make not only the playoffs, but to win a round or two next year. It's not that crazy. Like, they could surprise a team, especially if they get the Leafs first round. I mean, you might as well chalk that one up. Lord, as, uh, help me. Yeah, that'll be amazing if that happens. But, yeah, going back to what you're saying, it, it's really unfortunate that the NHL didn't kind of follow through on their mini tournament pro, uh, promise for those seven teams that didn't get to play in the playing games because I said it. I think the first 10 games of this season were you could chalk those up as preseason games, and that's a big reason why they lost a lot of those games. Still beat the Leafs, though. Yeah, first game of the season, too. Not a big deal. But uh, that's the thing. Like, this this season is unprecedented. Like, the training camp was was weird. The, you're starting at a weird time. You don't know when you're starting. No fans. Like, just everything was thrown for a loop. So, for them to kind of fall flat on their face at the start of the season, I think is expected, right? Especially with all the – that was a very new roster from year to year. There was a lot of turnover. So, I think it was tough for them to get started. Now that this roster is meshing, now that DJ Smith has these guys buying into the system, they're going to come out firing out of the gates next season. 
it can't come soon enough. But what is great is we do have a, a very exciting offseason between the Seattle expansion, between having now three picks in the first two rounds with San Jose's second in the mix there for Ottawa, likely still a top 10 pick in all this. Now, what a cherry on top would it be? And I'm not getting my hopes up at all. This, this end of the season is much better than any lottery pick. But imagine Ottawa wins the draft lottery and gets that first or second. And you're like, wait, how much better is it to win and still draft in the top two? As uh, the world under 18s are going on right now, we're going to get Tony Ferrari on, who's been all over that, covering it for Dobbin Best Hockey. friend of the show. Absolutely. And we also, so we're going to have him early next week, probably Tuesday, because Monday we get the recap of, of a Saturday night affair. And then uh, we'll talk to Tony on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, if he's listening to this, Tony, we're getting you on the show Monday or Tuesday. So make some time, eh? We'll, uh, we'll reach out. But um, then we also have Ian Mendez coming up on tomorrow's show. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really fun chat with Ian Mendez. Yeah, I'm excited. We've cooked up some really good questions for Ian. So I'm excited to hear his answers for these ones. We certainly did. And one more note before we go, we got to mention Anton Forsberg signing a one-year extension. I just want to say good for him. Like having to move his family around during a pandemic twice, like going Edmonton, Carolina, Edmonton, Ottawa, Winnipeg was in the mix there as well. So I think that that's solid for the upcoming stature of what could be in the Sens goalie pipeline. We'll get into a lot of that tomorrow. It's been a long one today, but we do have to mention that. And Pilsy, we got to shout out a trivia wizard as well. Yeah, our Tuesday trivia is back after doing it once. We forgot about it and then we brought it back. So the second Tuesday trivia question, and it was a fun one with the jersey numbers and shout out to dollars and cents on Twitter at dollar cents for getting the right answer. You guys got to be following along and make sure you comment on our the podcast tweet for that Tuesday trivia with the answer. And uh, we'll give you a nice shout out after if you get it right. 100%. And not only that, but we always appreciate anyone who's interacting with that tweet. And we'd like to put a little video there, a little preview. So uh, if you don't mind, you know, hitting that with a retweet or, or at least a like, that would be fantastic. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Senators podcast wherever you get yours. Unfortunately, since the iOS update happened, uh, a couple of weeks ago with Apple, we're having some technical difficulties with them. But I mean, if you listen this far, you found out a way to listen. But uh, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, uh, all of those apps are great. Megaphone as well. So there's still plenty of ways to, to listen to us every day. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.